0: Death. 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 Death is a penalty. Hello, friends. Lauren here. I've tried to record this a few times. It is very weird to record by myself when I'm so used to having my co-host Tristan. I'm currently in a closet in my new apartment. My husband and I moved just a couple of days ago. Life has been very full over here. And also for Tristan, they're, if you've been following along on Instagram, they're currently moving their partner cross country to Portland. They were also traveling for teacher training and other things before that. So needless to say we both have a lot on our plates at the moment and we knew this month was going to be this full and so a little while back we asked our friend Brooke who hosts Transcend Your Dichotomy you've Heard Brooke Monahan on our podcast a couple of times if we could do a crossover with All the Fuck In. So these next few weeks, you're going to hear episodes from Brooke's podcast that Tristan and I were part of. There's some where we're solo. There's some, There's well, there's one together with our friend Charlie talking about social justice and entrepreneurship, but all of it still relates to showing up for social justice in your work as always here on All the Fuck In. So, this week's episode for the crossover, this is one Brooke recorded with me back in the spring of this year. And it's very interesting and full circle to listen to because at the time I was dealing with a lot of uncertainty and fear because my work was evolving. Not so much what I was doing, but how I was doing it. And I have this anti-capitalist course and community called Take Up Space that is now an evergreen program that people can sign up for anytime. There's self-paced video modules, there's office hours. So there still is that live support. There's an online platform. It's really, it's something I'm very, very proud of. At the time though, I was moving it from a live eight week cohort format where I was teaching the same thing to each group and having to show up at the same time each week, which was tough for me and tough for the participants. And so in this episode, you'll hear me like, well, maybe I need to include this fail safe. And am I allowed to do this? And it was so funny because Brooke is the person whose coaching helped me create Take Up Space to begin with. All all of Brooke's work is about helping business owners make their work sustainable, aligned with their values, frankly, just feel a lot better. And that's what I needed. And so Take Up Space was birthed from that. And so hearing this episode is just really interesting and full circle to hear Brooke reassuring me, first of all, that. I'll figure it out and that it doesn't have to be perfect and complete at this time, that it can be an ever evolving project. And even though I'm super proud of Take Up Space and feel confident that the inner work, the relational work, the collective or community focused work that I teach inside of it really does help people show up as community change agents and embody that part of themselves in a sustainable way. There are tweaks I'll make and I have been making, but overall it feels really good. And at the same time, I can change it over time. As I learn more, as my clients need different things, I can add to it, I can take away. It was a good reminder for me that things don't have to be perfect ever, that there's no end point. And just like with social justice values and practices, it's a lifelong learning. And so I hope that as you listen, if you need that reminder that you can trust yourself to take things step by step, bite by bite and learn as you go, it helps you with that. And I'll also say if taking up space is something that's tough for you, if you maybe are really great at showing up for your inner work, but your relational or outer work, your collective work feels like it needs a little juice. If you maybe Feel like your activism is on point, but you've been neglecting your inner work. We need all three of those layers in order to thrive, in order to be sustainable in the way that we show up, book a call with me. I've got the link in the show notes. I would love to chat with you. You deserve that support. And I'll also say very gently and with so much love, my friend, that if you're one of those people like me where we know a lot and we have a lot of information about things that we struggle with, but actually implementing what we know is difficult (laughs) and we use that information as a band-aid this is for you because i get it for example i used to struggle with boundaries but i would listen to all these podcasts and i think i even had a workbook at one point but actually implementing what i was learning just wasn't happening because i didn't have the support i wasn't investing in the transformation even though i had the information so again no shade but if that's you that's what I'm here for. And if I'm not the right coach for you, or if actually spending money on support right now is out of reach, I can refer you to other communities, other coaches, whatever you need. Cause I really believe that we all need to be taking up space in whatever way is uniquely for us. That's what the world needs. And you deserve to be part of that. Inside take up space, folks get free access to other workshops that I offer And coming up on September 4th, I'm doing a money mindset for anti-capitalist workshop backed by popular demand. The workshop will be recorded if you can't make it live. And if you're in take-up space, you get free access to that. If you aren't inside take-up space, of course, you can still attend. It's on a sliding scale. I, with my ADHD brain, am not recording this with enough time to run everything by Tristan. However, I know that they have some upcoming offerings that you'll wanna check out around trans inclusion, around creating safer spaces, really embodying the commitments to anti-oppression work in all forms. That you've made so for the latest because again i don't want to speak for them without running this by them check out their instagram check out their website i will link all of that in the show notes too. check out brooke's work and i hope this episode supports you if you appreciate what we're creating and you have the funds you can join our patreon community for as little as two dollars a month it means so much to us for those of you currently there we appreciate you so much patreon members get access to the video versions of most episodes they get discounted and free access to other offerings that we put out and of course just you know the good feeling of supporting a podcast that you learned from if joining patreon is out of reach right now we totally get it and we would also just be really grateful if you could share this episode or any episode of all the fuck in with friends other loved ones who could benefit from it we appreciate you whatever role you have in being part of all the fuck in whether you're listening sharing rating reviewing being part of patreon just thank you for being here i hope you're taking good care here as summer winds down school gets started and we will see you back in a couple weeks where you will hear one of my favorite podcasts ever where Brooke interviews Tristan. All right. Enjoy, friends.
1: Now I'm really excited because I feel like we have all these new conversations that we get to have. I mean, we have these conversations every other week in our right. little mastermind. <laughs> but now we get to like let everybody else in on it. So, yes, I'm, I'm jazzed. Me not, too. I don't, yeah. So do you want to like fill people in on sort of like this sh- – like where where is your work now? Because I feel like it's going to be good backstory or right. like, I don't know, like supporting information to the conversation that we're about to have because we are about to get into like all things self-trust and authenticity and all of that. And um, I believe that Take Up Space, which is your new program, was not a thing the last time that we talked.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I feel like the groups I was running um, – back in, I guess this would have been 2020, were the precursor to take up space. Like a lot of Mm -hmm. what I was already talking about all the time and really interested in has fed into creating this newer program. Um, So I guess I'll start by saying I am nowadays (laughs) identifying myself as an anti-capitalist coach. Um, I am really struggling to embrace the term life coach because of the, I don't know, people's preconceived notions about what that means. Yeah. Um, and I also don't exclusively do life coaching. A lot of times, these concepts that I talk about around self trust and intuition and taking up space feed into people's businesses as well. So, um, right. but the group program take up space that I've been running in beta mode since I, around September, I guess. Um, and that is now in the process of becoming a hybrid like online course slash online community um that really does focus more on the personal development side of things mm. and I feel like it grew from just seeing this deep connection between you know the outer work and the activism and the political involvement that has been something I've been doing since i was a young, very young person you know like in college when I first got politicized and radicalized. Um, Mm. but realizing that the inner work is missing in so many of those spaces. And Mm. also, a lot of times the outer work is missing in the inner work spaces. Um, And when those Mm. two things come together, I see a lot of really powerful change happen. But uh, Mm. unfortunately, a lot of times they don't. Um, If anyone's ever been involved in any sort of local politics or activism groups or social change making, it's pretty rare for those spaces to be filled with healthy, people who are able to take care of themselves and take care of each other, I think that's changing um, in large part because of the Healing Justice Movement, which was created by Black women. Um, I have to definitely give them a ton of credit for changing the narrative around what social change looks like. But I feel like as somebody <clears throat> who, I guess for better or worse, has survived a lot of trauma and had no choice really if I wanted to survive to dig into the inner work in order to keep doing the outer work. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of tools that I gained over the years that I mm. really feel energized and excited to offer to folks who are either just day-to-day wanting to show up in their values more strongly or whether that's something they're doing as a career because um, I think all of us can benefit from them. So it's yeah. been... It's been a journey, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you also just have like so much time in I feel like different like you've it, you've worked in it sounds like so many different sort of like arenas I guess yeah that all I think have this sort of convergence point that you're now honing in on but I think that all of that experience like adds so much nuance and context around the work that you do now because it's like it is about the you know the self-trust and authenticity and and you know really showing up and your values but you also Mm -hmm. have like I it's I think a lot of like real world practical like for knowledge sure. of like how systems work and shit <laughs> yes <laughs> which is important in order to do this in a way like if it's actual you know what i mean like if it's really from a place of like you know showing up and creating change so um for Definitely. people who maybe didn't hear earlier episodes with you would you mind like giving us a sort of like the brief the brief history of lauren k roberts
0: <laughs> yeah um which, oh my gosh, it's hard for me to be brief because um, like you said, I've oh, been in a lot of different you can be as You can go as long as you want.
1: Okay, we have cool. plenty of time.
0: <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll do my best to make it relevant though to folks. Um, so I guess the simplest way to start is to say I worked in democratic politics for many, many years. Um, so I've worked very much inside the system. I worked on Capitol Hill, um, started as an intern as a college senior, eventually Became full time staff and moved up to basically like a mid level legislative policy person, which was really, really intense. I was there during the Obama administration, so it was a totally different world, but a lot of the same toxic systems were at play, um, in a different way back then. And actually, um, there's this big push thanks to this Instagram account, dear white staffers. If anyone's been following, it has blown up on like cable news and mainstream media. Cause there's this really huge need to unionize Hill staff and had those, protection's been in place when I was there, I think I would have had a much different experience and maybe not burned Mm -hmm. out and um, had to self-medicate with weed and alcohol every single evening Mm -hmm. after work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that until my mid-20s. Had essentially a a mental health crisis around 25, 26, where um, some childhood trauma was becoming pretty clear and I couldn't pretend like it wasn't there anymore. And I had also gone through a yoga teacher training um, with this collective of studios in DC, Yoga District, which they were all about yoga activism and bridging that inner and outer work. So I was very into everything they taught, um, a lot of trauma informed practices. Um, Mm. If anyone here though has done trauma informed training, it tends to bring up your own trauma. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I need therapy and I need to maybe move home to Indiana for a minute and just regroup. So then I worked in retail Um, for about a year and taught some yoga classes and then got a job as a senior staffer on a local political campaign, still with Democrats. But um, I think it's probably more widely understood these days that uh, mainstream democratic politics are still pretty toxic and capitalist and racist and sexist and all the things. And I ended up having an even worse experience on the campaign than The Hill, which is saying something. Um, So I Mm. left and um, ended up kind of pivoting to like fundraising, communications, doing that sort of stuff for um, more progressive nonprofits. I worked at Planned Parenthood for a minute and, you know, different smaller organizations around Indianapolis as a contractor as well. And when 2016 happened... um, I was like, "Oh fuck, like <laughs> there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I was really into this idea of bridging the everything I was learning about in the wellness world, as a yoga teacher, And also having done some trainings through organizations in trauma-informed yoga and yoga as activism and how that can inform each other. And I ended up um, connecting with an organization called Citizen Well um, in 2016, did a training and eventually started working for them in 2017 and pretty much spent all of the Trump years up until about a couple months into the pandemic um, working closely with the founder Carrie Kelly on pretty much every, like running the whole gamut of the work that they did. So everything from organizing people around attending um, different, uh, I don't know, everything from the Women's March to um, civil disobedience um, moments and all kinds of different live events, um, bringing speakers together. We did a bunch of online speaker panel type of things to just help people get educated around what the fuck was happening and what to do about it and what's frankly still continuing today even under a new administration and I learned so much more about what's happening in movements um and how I don't know I think that's when I realized like that identity I had as this you know working inside the system to change things person <laughs> was not really what I wanted to do um that's when I started understanding what it meant to be a democratic socialist and really um, putting people first over profit, and how toxic this nonprofit industrial complex is, and how I wanted to play a different part, I guess, in making the future safe and beautiful for everybody. Um, and, you know, around the same time, I was like, you know, I've always kind of found myself coaching people at work. Like, even if that wasn't my role, I've, even if I was doing PR or fundraising. I oftentimes was the one who would like take the interns to coffee, you know, or if a friend at work was going through stuff with their boss, I was the one helping them talk through it. And I also had found coaching myself as some support in addition to therapy when I was going through all these job changes, which there have been many. And so I knew the value of it and I didn't necessarily see myself as one until I realized like, oh, holy shit, I'm doing this anyway. I may as well (laughs) make this into my job. Because I was so much more filled up on those kinds of conversations and that type of work than the day-to-day, you know, writing press releases or creating social media posts, which I still do for people as a freelancer kind of on the side right now um, in a much different way than I did back then. But what I really, really feel energized by is helping people find the answers that are already inside of them and that because of conditioning and all kinds of other bullshit we're taught, um, they have trouble accessing um, so yeah, I don't, I kind of forget the original question. I hope that's the simple version of <laughs> where the fuck I've been and what I'm doing. <laughs> that so yeah.
1: was a great version of it. Okay, and <laughs> there's like a, I was like writing things down as you were talking, because I think that, you know, there's two things that I was noticing in what you were saying. My first one is like, you clearly, and I think that this ties into what we're probably going to end up diving into. So maybe we just start here,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: like, It sounds like you kept finding yourself in spaces where it was like, oh, this is not actually it for me. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not working for me. This is fucked up. This is not what I want to be doing. This is not how I think things need to be. And so, like, I'm leaving. And, like, I think that it's so easy to – look at that from the outside and project whatever it is that you want to onto why someone is maybe like bouncing around from thing to thing. And then Mm – but from the inside, right? It's like ultimately what you were doing was leaning into, it sounds like, a bit of self-trust there and being like, okay, I don't really know exactly – but I know it's not this. And so like, I'm going to go and like find what it is. And this is like a theme that we come back to on this podcast all the time. Um, But I think that, you know, when we talk about like trusting yourself, uh, it's like one of the complications of that, right? Because it doesn't always look Uh, On the trajectory doesn't always look the way that you thought it was going to look when you went into the job that you always wanted, or you arrive at the thing that you worked so hard for. And now it's like, well, fuck, I'm going to walk away from this, you know, and Mm -hmm. it may be not necessarily looking great on paper or looking great to people on the outside who will say you should trust yourself. But ultimately, societal expectations are shut the fuck up and keep going.
0: Yes, like you were so lucky to have this role. Like, what are you thinking? Leaving? I mean, when I left the Hill, first of all, most people who leave a job on the Hill, they leave and they go lobby and make a fuckload of money, even if they're lobbying for a very, I guess, well-intentioned cause. Like, you can do really, really well um, in in the advocacy world or on K Street, Um, or they go and they're like, you know, I'm going to go back to school, and they go to Harvard Law or something. Like, they they're doing things on paper that are really fucking impressive and cool sounding. I, meanwhile, was like, you know what? I'm going to go home and teach yoga and like write out this last year of health insurance on my parents' plan. Like, I don't know what the fuck else I'm doing. Um, which, you know, given how much of a people pleaser and a perfectionist and striver I was as a younger person, I think speaks a lot to how unwell I was in that mm. world. Um you know because I think at the end of the day like I'm just not somebody who is able to tolerate much toxicity anymore um, mm-hmm. I I think I handled it for a while but I had a therapist one time explain and I've heard this in other spaces too but having trauma is like trying to hold um, a beach ball under the water like if you've ever done that in a swimming pool it's mm-hmm. kind of hard one beach ball, Mm -hmm. You can do it. But then, once you add another trauma and another trauma, and you have like six beach balls you're trying to hold down, it's almost impossible. And so, for me, that looked like, you know, by the time I was, I don't know, 22, 23, I had had some pretty shitty experiences with men. -hmm. On top of the childhood trauma, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual assault that was always kind of underneath the surface, waiting to explode. Um, And then I had family stuff going on. I have a chronically ill parent who was going through some stuff. Um, And then on top of that, there was all the collective shit going on. So, you Mm -hmm. know, this was, I guess, like 2012. At the end of the year, was when the Sandy Hook school shooting happened. At the time, I was working for a member of Congress from Connecticut. And so, you know, those families were coming into our office. Like there was, I was very close in close proximity to other people's mm-hmm. very intense trauma. And at the time did not understand um what I, I always forget the terminology. I think it's um I always want to say tangential trauma. That's not it. But there's there's a term for it where Like, as somebody who's in relationship with somebody who's going through shit, you end up being traumatized Mm -hmm. as well. Like, secondary trauma maybe maybe the right word. Mm -hmm. And so it became untenable. Like, I literally could not function anymore. And I also couldn't function enough to go find a fancy new job or apply to a fancy grad school. Like, I had Mm -hmm. no choice at that point but to go home. Um, which Mm. at the time felt like failure. I was so embarrassed. I was like, what the fuck? I'm going to go sell like yoga pants. And like, Mm. I don't know, it just felt like not as meaningful, even though I really liked a lot of the people I worked with um, when I was doing the retail thing. But I don't know, I was so hard on myself about it. But I look back, I'm like, damn, it was actually pretty badass to walk away from something like that without a real plan and just know that I needed that time and that space to take care of myself. Mm. And of course, I jumped right back about a year later into an even worse situation. But I do think that had I not had that experience on the hill of leaving and realizing I'm not going to die if I walk away, made it possible for Mm. me to leave the toxic campaign much sooner. Um, I didn't even stay through the election. I was like, this is literally making me suicidal. This isn't worth it. I I became very Mm -hmm. clear in this whole process, and not in a linear way, but over time that I'm not willing to sacrifice my own well-being for a quote-unquote cause. Um, That's Mm -hmm. actually not what I believe in. When I say I believe everybody should have access to healthcare, housing, safety, food, like all the basics and be well and happy, that includes me. I'm part of everyone too. And if there's a system set up that – you know a, a cause is only being furthered on the backs of people who are suffering. I don't think that's very sustainable, and it's actually just perpetuating the same shit that we're here to fight against um yeah, and even with these pivots in my work recently and something as small as pivoting this take up space program from a live format to an online course, I still have what I'm sure a lot of people do that mental gymnastics of. What the fuck am Mm -hmm. I doing? I mean, yesterday Mm -hmm. I was tempted to look at jobs postings (laughs) and be like, so consistency would be nice, you know? But at the end of the day, part of why I know I'm not cut out to have a boss and I'm not cut out to go back to any sort of full time working world space is like, I just have zero tolerance anymore for bullshit, in part because I have self respect and self trust, but also in part because I physically cannot do it anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. because I have the privilege of, like, I don't have student debt. I do have some consumer debt from periods where I have some mental health crisis. But, like, I don't have that burden on me to have to pay every month. Um, I'm also right. a white person. I have, you know, a pretty awesome public education all the way up through college where, like, I know how to do things on the computer so that I can sell my shit online. Like, I'm a good writer Mm because I have good teachers. Like, all these checkboxes of privilege make it possible for me to even make these choices. And I can't imagine if I weren't in that privileged position, like, what would have happened to me? Like, I don't know if I'd be alive, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, had I not been able to make all these choices and pivots. So Mm -hmm. got a little dark there for a second, but yeah.
1: No, I mean, I think that these are conversations that we need to be having, and especially in spaces like this where we're talking about entrepreneurship, because what I see, like – time and again, and I think about it a lot, is, like, I actually think that a lot of people who wind up working for themselves are working for themselves because of the fact that, like, for whatever reason, it's, like, a normal job is just not going to fucking work for them. And, like, personally, like, I also have, you know, some pretty significant childhood trauma, and, like, I definitely – like, I know for a fact that that affects – my ability to work a normal job, you know, right. like there are certain things that like, like I will burn myself the fuck out trying to like impress and be good and like whatever in that kind of environment. Or if someone tells me to do something in a way that I perceive as controlling at all, I will like have like I I it will, it will occupy my mind for the next three hours to the point that I can't do anything because I'm so focused on like how I'm going to get out of this situation. Like Mm -hmm. my body literally goes into like panic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so the reason that I say that is because I think that actually so many people who have experiences that actually make it really challenging for them to, um, work a quote unquote normal job, which by the way, it's usually like fucking abusive. And like, you have to work so fucking much and it's really, I think now, like, I don't know how the fuck I did it. Like I work way less now than I did. Like like when people talk about like, oh, you know how entrepreneurs make it? We work all week. Nope. Not me. I don't work the fucking nights and weekends and all that. No, I will not. (laughs) I haven't worked 40 hours in a week in a long ass time for a reason. And I think that people who struggle with mental health stuff, like we oftentimes land in entrepreneurship And then what's the advice that we're given? We're taught how to do it by like the 2% of people who are able to make everything into a positive and who are just like super motivated by and love working. And like hustle and grind works for them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it works for such a small percentage of people. And then it's being marketed to, I think, maybe even a I think that the the percentage is maybe even less amongst the population of entrepreneurs because so many of us landed working for ourselves because of these things that pushed us out of our jobs where we we're like, I literally can't fucking handle this. Yes. Or like, I don't feel safe if I'm not in control. Or you know what I mean? Like all yeah. that shit. So yeah. I'm like, I really appreciate the transparency uh, of the conversation because I think that so many people relate to that, you yeah. know?
0: I hope it makes at least one person feel less alone. Because I mean, even if um, I sometimes I'm hesitant to share the story because I still have so much shame and anger and just like righteous like self protection that comes up. But I, you know, part of why I started doing contract based work is because I got fucking fired from my last full time employee, you know, status job. Like, and I got mm-hmm. fired because I couldn't fucking show up for this big fundraising event where I knew I was gonna see my old abusive boss and um, his chief of staff who had sexually harassed me for the months I was working on the campaign. Like I I I actually didn't have a choice at that time to make that pivot. Right. And, you know, I, I realized that there might be other people who are telling themselves like, well, I just couldn't cut it in that job. And that's why I got let go or laid off or I had to quit or whatever. And we carry so much shame about that. But we forget that like the whole system of how work is structured right now, at least in the US, I don't know about everywhere else, but it is Mm -hmm. not set up for us to be well. It just Mm -hmm. isn't. It's based on a production schedule back like however, I don't know, a hundred years ago of- Mm-hmm. Like machines, like we're not machines. We're human beings, and the world looks a lot different today. There's mm-hmm. a pandemic aside. There's so many things on fire right now that anyone who's not struggling, mm-hmm. I part of me kind of wonders, like, what's going on with you, <laughs> slash, what drugs yeah. are you taking, and may I have some, please? Because <laughs> I, I just think all of us are, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say less. Resilient, because I I don't think it's that. I actually think people are resilient as fuck right now, considering the circumstances. But just maybe um, we we have less uh, less room, like less mm-hmm. room for error. Yeah, like for things to go yeah. wrong. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. It's like there's so many things running in the background right now that all of our capacity is like diminished by like. <laughs> Yes. such a huge amount yeah and and also it's like that um that feeling that i think so many of us have that we should be able to just like suck it up and power through is like literally how this stuff keeps going yeah. right like that's the idea like if we all do that then yeah this is all going to keep running exactly the way that it's running because we're all just going to put the burden on ourselves which i think in part brings us to like a lot of the things that you talk about because i think that you are very focused on like you know, confronting those things in ourselves and allowing that to lead us into having more of an impact by really like not no longer relying on just those kind of reactions or what we think that like we need to do because of, you know, what all of these abusive like fucking assholes, you know, told us we needed (laughs) to do our whole lives. But like actually, you know, thinking about like if you didn't have to just shove it down and make yourself better or do better or you know self-improve as you say, um, if you didn't think that that was the answer, then like, then what would you do instead? And if we lead from that place, how much more of an impact can we have? And how how can we
0: then like change things, right? Oh yeah, and we feel so much better too. Like I, I saw a meme just this morning. I think it was on the Upstream Podcasts. Instagram feed, if anyone wants to go poke around and find it. Um, but it was something like, you know, the, the people who are benefiting from things the way that they are the most, they continue to benefit when we believe that all of these collective problems need individual solutions. And that's why I am so done with self improvement. I think self improvement is bullshit. I think self improvement is a construct of capitalism and white supremacy and all these other toxic systems that are keeping us sick and separate and scared and just suffering on so many levels um as mm-hmm. a humanity like i i i actually heard um i'm very into like cults and mind control type of podcasts these days mm-hmm. which i think is very mm-hmm. much related to how we get conditioned with all this stuff um but one of the survivors of Nexium which was that like mm-hmm. weird self-development self-improvement cult that also mm-hmm. had this weird uh like branding women sect of it um, Anyway, she said something like, you know, I'm kind of done with self-improvement. Like I think I'm okay. I'm not yeah. perfect, but I don't she's no longer pathologically like trying to fix herself. Yeah. Cause I think when there's nothing wrong with getting help. I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I personally do that. I am a coach. Like I I work with people to help them make their lives feel better. But from a place of just radical compassion for the parts of ourselves that are struggling and for the things that we struggle with. It's not that you are a problem to be fixed or solved. It's that you have been taught a bunch of bullshit about who you're supposed to be and how things are supposed to be. And we struggle with it because on an intuitive human level, we know something is wrong. Like if all of those mm-hmm. things that we were taught in school about being a good worker, which is basically what the public school system is designed to do, it's to make us obedient um, and mm. you know, productive, if all of those things that were taught by our culture in school were true, we wouldn't be struggling so much. Mm. I mean, I just I – don't, I don't see – to your point, I don't see this working for that many people aside from yeah. a very small percentage who uh, just tend to get richer and richer as the rest of us suffer more. Yeah. Um And then are, of course, the
1: voices that we're going to hear, right? Yes, because like, they're amplified. You're not – yeah, like you're not <laughs> – who the fuck has the platform? Right. The people that it's working for. Exactly. You know, so then we just live under this illusion that it's working for everybody else except for ourselves. And then when we get out into these spaces and start talking to each other, we're like, oh, shit, you too?
0: Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> and that's why I love doing things as a group. I know we've talked about this before, but that's yeah. why group programs and group formats are so powerful, even if you're not doing – someone's program, even if you're just gathering in any way and telling the truth about your life, um, it gives so many other people permission to do the same and you feel so much less alone. And by the way, there are a lot more of us than there are of the tiny little handful of people who continue to like make billions of dollars on the backs of their workers who barely make $15 an hour. (laughs) Like We're so much more powerful together than we are when we're separated. And uh, I, there's this other meme that floats around every once in a while. I should probably repost this because it's good. And it's it's basically like, just um, dist- uh, what is it? Stressed out people make good workers and distracted citizens. Like all this mm. stuff is by design. When we're busy trying to survive, because on like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we literally have to hustle to keep ourselves sheltered right. and safe, and have food and clean water. Maybe if we're lucky. You know, when we're focused on that and just surviving, and if you had kids into the mix, holy shit, I don't even know how people do that right now, Um, we're not going to be paying as close of attention to what's happening to our neighbors or to the unhoused Mm -hmm. folks on the street or, you know, if we show up to vote, it's a miracle. Like, that's not even easy to do anymore. So I don't know. I think about Mm -hmm. that a lot, like trying to depersonalize what someone is struggling with as it's not a personal failing if you struggle with connecting with your intuition or – you know, trusting yourself, that's all by design. It's, it's not your fault. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad that you said that because,
1: um, this is where I wanted to go next because you had said I, for the listeners, I sent Lauren a survey, like a form to fill out before Mm -hmm. we started talking to be like, you know, just so that we could get like coordinated on like, you know, topics you want to talk about, whatever, and all the things that I'm going to share with you all listeners. So like, you know, show notes stick around from the end for when we start talking about links. Check out High Integrity Highlight. If you're not on my email list, get on my email list so that you can get all those. Anyways, um, and you said, this was the quote, we're sold that it's some sort of personal failing when we struggle with intuition and so many other things for that matter. But it's all by design under toxic systems that teach us the opposite beliefs and values, especially because intuitive. Oh, this is I'm starting to read what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that I wanted to like really wanted to dig into this is because what I have found more and more lately, and this is like such a mind fuck and like anyone who, y'all, if you're listening to this and you're a business owner and you feel like every time you learn more, you feel like you're in a bigger mess that you can't figure (laughs) out, welcome to the fucking club because I swear to God, like that is the process of figuring out how to do good work. Like you learn more and more and more and as you learn more and more and more, you better understand the problem and you understand the complexity of it and you can come up with better solutions. But first, you're like, fuck. So like this is what I keep finding. The opposite. So we have like hustle culture. But then the thing that's sold as the opposite of that is this like intuitive business Mm -hmm. idea and like just trust yourself and like just follow like, you know, what you know is next and like, I don't know, like just lean into the way that you do things and whatever. Which on the surface, yeah, I'm with Mm -hmm. you. I think that like on the surface of that, like I don't necessarily disagree. The problem is like what you and I were just talking about, like lots of people can't fucking do that. Like Mm -hmm. lots of people can't do that for a (laughs) lot of reasons. And it's like trauma. It's like your whole fucking life of being trained not to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's so many things that, that tie into that. And then, so what I find is like people who are totally sold on this idea will wind up in one of my spaces and are like completely ashamed of the fact that they don't know how they're feeling. They don't oh. know what they think. They don't know what they want to do because like, you know, this has been, the, they've gone so far down this rabbit hole now. And it, it's almost like just as, just as like much of a mind fuck you know, as the hustle culture gaslighting.
0: Yeah, it's more of that same black and white thinking, which if anyone has read that, um, it floats around every once in a while. Um, uh, What do they call it? Aspects or signs of white supremacy culture. Shit, this is going to drop Aspects, something like that. One of those Characteristics. Words. Characteristics. Uh, I think characteristics, it's the, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told yeah. Brooke before we started recording, I've slept like 12 hours out of the last 24 and I just feel so loopy. I'm a sober person, like three and a half years, but I, I feel hungover today. I just don't feel. <laughs> Like, I have my words, so if I sound i I'm crazy, so
1: with fine. you. I'm also exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, but um, Tema Oaken and Kenneth Brown wrote about how black and white thinking is one of those tenets of white supremacy culture. It's either this or that. Yeah. It's either you're in the hustle and grind and being like a total, I don't know, uh, worshiper at the throne of capitalism, or you're just totally yeah. intuitive and in the flow. And if you can't do right. that, there's also something wrong with you. Like… No, and right. that breaks my heart that people come to your space with that shame. And I, I relate to that. I mean, I think when I left the Hill, I went through a big crisis and described myself as stuck and not knowing what I wanted to do. And if I just knew what I wanted, I would go after it, but I don't know what I want. And the truth was, I on some level, I did, but I was afraid of what I wanted. And yeah. I didn't know what was my intuition, what was my fear. It was really hard to discern between those things because nobody teaches us how to do that. At least not in the schools yeah. I went to. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of compassion for yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. It's like really, it's one of those things that lately I'm just—I don't know. The more and more that I look around, in like, I just really have had to like look at less. Because Mm -hmm. the more that I look around at sort of, like, you know, what people are saying about, like, showing up to your business or, like, just, like, fulfilling – Like, I don't know, personal development and self-development and, like, you know, fulfilling your fucking destiny and potential and purpose and all of that shit. Like, and I don't say that shit. Like, I don't care about it. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot there. The more that I'm just, like, oh, my God. Like, everywhere you turn, it feels like – another problem Mm -hmm. and it just gets it to the point where it's like is the answer to everything it depends I don't know it might be like do we just need to like stop having this fucking podcast like do we need to like stop like should I just should we just like all stop even trying to fucking like give the advice because it sounds like seems like the answer is just like I don't know like I mean that's why you work with a coach right a good coach is gonna like work through your personal stuff and not just give you like a bunch of like blanket advice but Mm -hmm. like fuck, you know, the intuitive business thing. It's like more and more I'm starting to see that. And I'm like, oh, but like that's actually not helpful for like a good part of the population.
0: For sure. At <laughs> you least know, not without yeah. a ton of support. Like if you're working with right. someone one-on-one who's a really good coach right. and they know how to guide right. you to your intuition and strengthen that muscle for it, like with you – that's amazing. But if, if you're just consuming like an Instagram post or a podcast exactly. without the context, yeah, it's that can be really, yeah. really tough. And then it's like one more thing you feel like you suck at. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Right. And I mean, like, yeah. And, and to be clear, like, I mean, a huge part of what I try to do with my clients and I think what you try to do with your clients too, is like help people hear that. Right. And help people connect to that. Like, I think intuition is a super powerful thing, but yeah, you need support to do it. Like it's not actually easy at all. Um, and, and I think that it oftentimes gets packaged afterwards as like, um, like, you know, once I did this, like everything was just like so easy (laughs) or like all I had to do was let things be easy. I'm sure that I've said things like that before too. You know, like all I had to do was let things be easy. And it's like true. And also like, it's like, you're looking at like the iceberg, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. let things be easy is like the little tiny tip. And then it, and then it's like all of the shit that comes along with quote, letting things be easy is so not fucking easy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, I, you know it's funny like in my yeah. little planner that I have next to me I wrote let things be spacious this week cuz I was feeling this pressure to like get this course going and but also yeah. I don't have a ton of extra income to just invest in all the platforms I ha- have to do, you know, right. to quickly get it up so I'm trying to just take my time and that means there're some days where yes, I have a work plan and ideally if I can I need to stick with it to keep myself on pace like Things can be easy and spacious, and sometimes I'm going to be working a little harder than I usually am um, right. on a temporary basis, hopefully. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. just – it's so not black and white. And the people who message like, oh, I tr- I learned this one tool or this one mindset <sighs> trick, and now I've figured it all out, like, I really just don't believe them most of the time. Like, I just think if you're saying that, you're probably right. trying to sell it to me. Um, right, right. And I, I don't know, I, I haven't ever come across somebody who has a formula that works for most people. Usually it works right. for them and maybe a handful of people mm-hmm. like them, but that's about it. And any good yeah. quote, formula or tool should evolve as things evolve because we're ever-changing things right. Like I'm not going to be the same human I am today as I'm going to be tomorrow. So Right, right. Yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. And <laughs> if you're transparent about that, it's all fine. Right. Yeah. It's just like an issue and it's like, you know, packaged as like a promise or a, yeah. you know, cure all or whatever.
0: You know, um I have a question for you if that's okay. Yeah. Um, as you were putting to like making um transcend your day economy training camp into this evergreen offer mm-hmm. and then with like membership. Yeah. Did you have so I have this thought over and over like Oh, I'm going to have to make this perfect because it's going to just live forever. And I like it's like in my brain, I don't think I can ever go back and change things in my online course Uh as I'm building it. Yeah. Did you struggle with that too? Like, this has to be the ultimate perfect thing. Well, hmm. I definitely struggled with
1: that a bit and I think that I just – I think it was a brief struggle though because I Mm -hmm. was like, well, like, you know, we'll just go back and change it if it doesn't work. But I think that what helped was that like I had done the same content for like a year before I recorded it. And so I think that I – Felt every time that I did it and every time that I iterated, I think it helped with that bit. Mm. But the other thing that really helped was the fact that, like, I still have the live support aspect. And I I think that you're going to have an aspect of that, too. Like, it and, and so that, that to me is like sort of the safety net of like, oh, but I'm still involved with these people. I'm still showing up. And so if there's a problem, I'm going to know because I'm in conversation with them every single week and I'm hearing what they're, you know what I mean? So yeah. like that's going to, I know that I'll know and I'll be able to iterate. If I was just putting it out as a course, I think that I would have freaked out about that a lot more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, and yeah. I keep thinking about that and maybe it would be different if I weren't, talking so much about like trauma and feeling your feelings and stuff that is really nuanced and doesn't work for everybody. And I'm already kind of outlining, I need a video right up front that's like, here are some tips to like do this course safely. If this is coming up, yeah, maybe find a therapist and here are some resources for free therapy. You know, like I'm already thinking of what are the fail safes I need so that people aren't like, if this one tool Lauren is offering isn't working for me, there's something wrong with me. Like if that's not, yeah. I don't want to perpetuate that. So right. Um, yeah.
1: Well, you know, I think the other thing though, and I, I've been th- having this thought so much lately. And so I think that you know this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because it might be relevant or, or it might be relevant for somebody else listening is like, I think that one of the things that I always have to remind myself of, and maybe this is helpful for you right now too, is like, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's irresponsible of me to try to be the everything. Yeah. Like it's irresponsible of me to, to try to pretend that I have some ability to address every single problem or whatever. And so while it's irresponsible to say I have one solution that's going to work for everybody, mm-hmm. um, it's also just as irresponsible to be like like I can offer all of the things to help right. Like in all of the different situations. And so to me, it's like one of the things that I've really been thinking about more is like ethical marketing and not in terms of like doing the, not in terms of like the way that I'm selling it or the promises that I'm making, but more in terms of like being very specific, as specific as I can be. And it's difficult to be this specific, but I think that with time, as I get more and more insight, like like being more and more and more specific as I understand more about what I do to be like, this is the exact thing that I'm helping you with. Mm. So that No one ends up in the space thinking that it's going to help them with something that it's really not, you know? And so, like, that's, you know, it's like I've had to get much more, like, for example, an easy one for me is like, this is about you doing this in a way that is like sustainable for you. Like, this Mm -hmm. is about you doing it. I'm never going to be the coach to help you make a certain amount of money, right? Right. At least not any time in the near future. That's not my focus. And so, it's like, F, really ethical of me to just be like super specific about like, who this is who this is for, this is what it's going to do for you. And like, I am not claiming to help you with this. And that doesn't mean that that other thing isn't important because mm-hmm. finances are an important aspect of sustainability. Right. So
0: right. like, but, but not trying to do all of it, I guess. Yes. Um, I really appreciate you, you know. saying that because I'm sure I'm not the only one who needed that reminder. And you know, another thing I appreciate on sales pages is when there's a section that folks include of, "This is not for you if blah 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 blah." Like if you're looking for right. a panacea that's going to solve all of your problems, <laughs> or if you're looking right. for, right. like, it. I'm very clear on like coaches can be trauma informed, and I know a lot about it, and I'm studying to get this like certificate in trauma specialization stuff. But I it cannot treat people. Like I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist yet. Hopefully one day I will be one. But anyway, so I think it's really important when people kind of know their lane or very specific about it. And like you said, not trying to be everything for everybody. Like that also just doesn't work. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like it's pretty hard to sell stuff when you're trying to. It doesn't, but it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole, especially for I like I think that it's so easy when we're you're plugged into and I've really had to take a step back from this honestly like being plugged into the network of people who online are very focused on like this is why this person's harmful this is why this person's mm-hmm. harmful this is why this person sucks this is why this person's business sucks and I think that there's a way to hold people accountable and be honest that's important. I also think you're allowed to have those conversations and if it's triggering me, it's on me to opt out of it, right? So this is not to say right. like, no one should be having those conversations. But what I what I do think is that when you end up in that space and that's what you're hearing all the time, it's very easy to eventually find yourself in a place of perfectionism where you now have to have the perfect solution. You now have to have a solution that's going to help every single person because if you don't, then you're not being like, you know, truly inclusive, I guess. And to me, it's like, That's not ever going to be it though. So actually what we need to do is just be really clear about who our stuff is for. And in some aspects, like I'm never going to be the person to help some people. And I need to just be okay with that rather than like try to figure out a way you know. Right.
0: Um, right. And that's where collaboration can come in too. Like there's also a gray in yeah, there where totally. like Michelle Ward, my old business coach, she does this really beautifully now for her BIPOC clients because Michelle's a white woman yep. and she partners with a, uh, a black person who comes in and does specific coaching just for the BIPOC folks in her community because for them, yeah. like the rest of the work is still working really well. And she knows there's this element of it that it wasn't working based on her conversations and relationships. Like that can be a really great, solution too. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, yeah. like I, I really appreciate this whole conversation because uh, yeah, I'm definitely, <laughs> speaking of your podcast this week, I'm getting in my own way a little bit <laughs> with uh, some of my like, <laughs> oh, well, if I talk about trauma, then I have to talk about attachment. And like, I can talk about those things on a very surface level. And I think I will for this um, iteration of Take Up Space, but like, I don't need to go yeah. in depth. I'm not No one's getting a degree from my course. Like, I'm not – yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you're just clear about, like, what it's intended to provide. You know, that's – Yeah. You know, it's just –
1: I think about being clear about, like, what is this really supposed to do? Because I think that that's where things get really mm -hmm. tricky is, like, when people are – providing these sort of like very specific little like narrow solutions, but the promise is like whether implicit or explicit, like it's basically going to fix your entire fucking life Mm. or like you're going to be like, you know, like it's going to, I don't know, like I I did it so you can do it too or like if you just do this then you can like you know rise to the top and make x number of dollars and have x amount of, and have this much influence and whatever and it's not that I'm, it's not like it's not necessarily that it won't work or can not or like isn't going to work for some people it's just that like let's be honest like yeah it's it's going to get a very small percentage of people there but if you could right. be more specific about what it was going to do for everybody, then you'd be marketing it in a much more ethical way, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is something you helped me with when I did your one-on-one coaching um, early, I almost said earlier Mm. this year, it was like a year ago, which is (laughs) wild to think about at this point. Um, But we were talking through, um, yeah, just like what it, what the thing wants to be versus what I'm trying to make it be, if that makes sense. Mm. And and that to me is one of those intuitive business practices that for me really does work. Um, And that came up with the decision to cancel the last live round of Take Up Space where I was like, I already know that this thing needs to be like a self-guided, self-paced course with coaching calls because that's where most of the learning happens, frankly, like in the group format. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, like I just wasn't getting the enrollment that I needed. And there were a lot of people who had said they were interested and wanted to join and then for what, you know, work or kids or whatever couldn't. Yeah. I was like, this thing really doesn't want to be live anymore. And it was it was such a relief to just like listen to that and just in that case like let things be easy even though that's yeah, not how totally. it always needs to be. But that was something we talked a lot about right. I think, during those sessions and that that helped me to lean back. Yeah.
1: On. Yeah, and I think that that's also an example too of where it's like it's not that – it's not black and white, right? Like yeah. it's not like these practices are not good. I Like I, this is something that I've come around to so much recently where it's like it's not that the, that the advice that people are giving is not good. It's not that the strategies are not good. It's not that the thing that people are saying isn't good. It's not that you can't let things be easy. It's not that intuitive business is bad. I think intuitive business is like great. It's just that like everyone comes to things in their own process mm-hmm. and I think it's more like getting more comfortable sort of like – um I don't know. I guess like allowing yourself to be as complicated and complex as you actually are and understanding that that means that you're going to come to things differently, right? And like yeah. usually in our own time we circle back around to the same thing that at one time wasn't helpful for us and later it is because we just needed it at a different time or we need to learn something first yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah. Your context has changed, right? Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like going back to the whole, it depends (laughs) answer to most questions. Like, (laughs) like there are tools that in my twenties worked really well for me and now I need to set aside because they do not fucking work. Um, That doesn't mean that I, if I'm working one-on-one with a client and I have a Intuitive hit that it might help them. I won't yeah. use it, but it does. It's just kind of knowing and discerning when it's helpful versus when it's not, and also being okay and taking my ego out of it if something I'm offering isn't working for somebody. Like not making it right. about me. That's right. that's something I'm really learning in this right. um, trauma support uh, specialist training I'm doing. Um, it's that certificate program. Like they talk a lot about how first of all, we need to stop pathologizing people and see them as whole human beings <laughs> from the beginning. And also how um, caregivers, therapists, any other kind of support professionals, and I would consider coaches that, it's very easy if you're not mindful of your own shit to project okay. it on your clients when something's not working for them to make it about you uh-huh. rather than meeting the person where they are with what they need. And also normalizing uh-huh. for everybody, including yourself, that everything is a process. Like, There are Mm -hmm. not many programs, courses, tools, whatever that I've learned where it's an immediate like fix for whatever I'm challenged by. Right. Like we're not computers. (laughs) We can't just run a program and everything's fine. Um, Right. So it's just letting things be kind of messy seems to be the key.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Lauren, I could talk to you forever, but for the sake of time, because I don't want to like keep you forever. um, (laughs) Yeah. What did we not talk about that you wish that we had hit on? I, oh I don't, don't want to. Uh, I don't want to keep you forever because I would just keep asking you questions no, and keep riffing no. on everything that you say.
0: I know. Well, this is <laughs> this is why it's so helpful to be in our little mastermind together. Um, I know. I I don't know. I feel like we talked about everything that's on my mind lately, and yeah, I just hope that anything that we shared has been helpful. F- I always say for at least one person. That's. Anytime I feel myself I know, holding literally. back from anything or wanting to talk myself into getting a job or whatever, I go back to, is <laughs> what I have to offer going to help at least one person? And if it is, like, who am I not to put it out there? <laughs> and, yeah. um, well,
1: yeah. you know, like, Lauren, I think that – and this is why I wanted to have you on this month because um in – so at the time that this airs, I'm going to say it's next week. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a training on – um like embracing, you know, the parts of yourself that you thought were like a liability or a fault or whatever. And, um, I think that your work like so beautifully, like supports people in doing that. But I also just so appreciate the way that you show up and talk about this because like being as like, you are such an example of that in the way that you show up and just talk about your experience. And like, I think that you are an example that sort of shows people who, I'm certain that people who are listening to this have gone through similar experiences to what you shared um, for them to see that, like, actually, like, they're not fucked. Like, you know, actually, yeah, like this, like walking away from what you know isn't working for you does not make you like it's not actually a problem. It's actually like in many ways a strength and we need way more fucking people doing that you know? Oh, and so 100%. I'm just so appreciative. Of oh,
0: that. thank you. That means so much to me. And, you know, I know that when I was younger and beating myself up for those times when I had to walk away from situations or in some cases were fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I know that finding those examples of other people who did that yeah. was so helpful. So it's like, yeah, it's such an honor now to be considered that for totally. anybody. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Where should people come and find you? Um, Well, I'm on Instagram at Lauren K. Roberts and my name, it's kind of like Homer J. Simpson. If you remember that episode, it's not the letter K, it's K-A-Y. So Lauren K-A-Y Roberts. Um, I'm also at Lauren K as in K-A-Y Roberts.com. And um, I have a a, a wait list currently for people who are interested to know right away when Take Up Space opens back up. And I think for the first, I haven't finalize this, but I think for the first 15 to 20 folks, they're going to get like a really um, discounted price because they'll be the initial like core founding members of that course. Yeah. Um, So if you're interested, it's a good time to sign up. Um, And then our friend Tristan and I also have a podcast, All the Fuck In, that you can find on Apple and Spotify and on Instagram as well.
1: Amazing. Um, And I will say – as somebody who has been in your spaces before, like I am not just saying this. I've said this on Instagram before. I've told people this, like, You pull the best fucking people together.
0: I really do. Like, and and I don't- You really do. Honestly, and I really don't feel like it's about me at all. Like I say that with no ego because I genuinely think it's just this work that has helped me so much. The people who tend to be attracted to it are super kind. They have a ton of integrity. They tend to be very sensitive, creative, just conscientious. Yeah. So it's, I've just met so many amazing people. Um, it's stuff. true. Like I've met incredible
1: people through you. Like yeah. my, I, I can remember like there's a, and again, I'm like, stop fucking talking bro. No, but no, no, like no, you're good. there's <laughs> like the moment that you sort of like dropped into my orbit, like the, the connections are still running. Like there oh are still gosh. people who I meet, like from that, from knowing you who just like, are fucking awesome people who I've connected with that and like the people who have been in the spaces that you've been in are incredible. And so I'm saying all of that to say, like, if you were listening to this conversation and you feel like you want to work with somebody who's going to help you sort of like connect to that part of yourself Mm -hmm. and like really start to like fucking take up space and like show up fully <laughs> and stop with the like self-improvement hamster wheel and use that because it shows th- up through your business. It shows up in your life. It shows up in your relationships. It shows up everywhere. Um, You're not just getting Lauren and like this amazing course that I'm sure you're putting together, but also like I, if there's one thing that I could promise you, it's that the group is going to be fucking baller.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I already know that for sure is going to happen. And by yeah. the way, the feelings mutual, like the people I connect with through you are also great. Like all of the people in your Rule Breakers crew, like if you all are listening, I have the best time hanging out in your space and like connecting with you all on Instagram or just wherever we find ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, the feelings more than mutual. And I just, yeah, I'm so grateful. And I love chatting mm-hmm. with you in this format too. This is so fun. Thanks for having me. I know, me too. We'll have you back on for a part four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah (laughs) thanks so much lauren it was so nice chatting with you same here